0: And if I'm not having fun, that tells me, like, I'm doing something wrong, right? So if I'm, like, kind of being a little cranky, I'm like, you know, girl, you got to turn this around because this is life. (laughs) Like, this is all your life. So I try and check myself as much as I can. Are you just, like, crazy busy right now? Are you? You know, I left crazy busy... As a general rule, probably back in 2020, like I I'm that. done with that. A full, yes, but like I have really intentionally been creating a lot more spaciousness in my life and um, having my calendar be a lot more open. And it's, it's so cool because I feel like I'm getting even more of the right things done and my stress level, my anxiety, my um, kind of punishing self nature of push, 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 has been receding into the background so much and it's such a gift. And um, I feel like my creativity is so much more on fire than it's ever been. And so it's it's really nice. So it's, it's full, but um, crazy busy. I was like, oh my God, I've been there, done that and I'm not doing it again. I love that. That's the best
1: lesson I think a lot of people learned during COVID and during the pandemic. It's just, yes. it was not a way of life. Totally. It was not a way to live. Um, do you do like things for, what do you do
0: for fun? What every, I, tr- you know, this is probably going to sound really, um, maybe a little unique, but I really strive to have fun doing everything because I find that if I don't, it can all start to feel like a drudge. And I, last night, um, my partner, Josh, he, he wasn't around and I found myself like tidying up around the house and I was literally doing a dance in the middle. I was like, Oh my God, what? So I, but dance, that speaks to the thing that for me, for fun, is like one of the things that brings me the most joy in the world. So I love to dance as much as possible, go to classes, do it in my house, do it out. Um, and then other things, you know, it's really the simple stuff that I i have an obsession with design. Um, by the way, in terms of like fonts and colors and all that stuff, I could spend hours and hours and hours swimming around in that land.
1: I love it. I love the concept, though, of finding joy in every little thing because even more everything you shouldn't need really hobbies your hobbies should be everything that brings you joy during the day which should be ideally every part of your
0: day yeah and if i'm not having fun that tells me like i'm doing something wrong right so if i'm like kind of being a little cranky while i'm making myself lunch or you know what i mean just kind of Mm -hmm. i'm like you know girl you gotta turn this around because this is life (laughs) like this is all your life so i try and check myself as much as i can
1: i love it i love that well um I, so I told you, we're going to get right into it. Marie, what is the best advice you've ever gotten? Without
0: a doubt, from my mama, that everything is figure outable. It's a mantra. It's a directive. For me, it's like my core DNA belief. It is how I live my life. And I will tell you, there is not a day that goes by that there's not some kind of like little shiitake that hits the fan or do you know what I mean? Like yeah. something that's going on. And even if it's just minor, that in a moment, I don't have to come back and remind myself like, oh, this is outable. Like even earlier today, I thought I was going to record being with you um, from my studio, which is about 20 minutes away in Soho. And then I realized that I saw what time another meeting got started. And I was like, oh no, I'm going to be doing this for my house. Okay. <laughs> like rearrange. And it's just Everything is figure outable has been the one piece of advice that um, not only has it changed every aspect of my life, but anyone that I tell it to, it winds up changing their life too.
1: Yeah. Well, that, if I'm not mistaken, also happens to be the title of a New York Times bestseller. Yes.
0: You are totally so, right.
1: Mom really came in. Like, she really came through with that advice. She did. I, I like love every time I hear that book title, I'm like, that is the best book title.
0: Yeah. And I feel like I feel so honored that I got to shepherd that idea into the world in a book form, because I think so many of our parents and maybe we have relatives or people that we um, grew up around that kind of embodied that. And my mom certainly, she taught me more by living it than by necessarily saying it, even though, you know, in my childhood memory, I remember her saying it, it was really, she embodies it. Um, you know, she just grew up as she had nothing more than a high school education. And she grew up in a very um, challenging set of circumstances. And so it was just in her nature to figure things out and to not let anything stop her, you know, from figuring out how to retile a bathroom to, you know, retiling or refixing the roof when it had a leak, like anything, even as an adult, it's been really funny when she's been at my house, you know, if there's any little thing broken and she'll be like, oh no, I can fix. Oh no, I got this. Oh, and I'm like, mom, what do you So. Just that really simple spirit of not being afraid of challenges and looking at any problem like it's an opportunity to be creative is such a gift.
1: Yeah. As you've gotten older and matured and gone through your career, what has that everything is figure outable? how has that transformed from like what you thought it was when your mom was teaching you
0: when you were younger to now? So I think for me, it's helped me continue to get rooted in the fact that the life that I want to live and who I am truly at my core and how I want to express myself, first of all, it's not something that's static. It's something that is constantly fluid and evolving and changing. And it requires me to consistently re-figure it out, reconfigure the pieces to stay true to who I am at this point in the journey And to have the courage to say, okay, what are the lessons or the habits or the patterns that I developed in the past that were wonderful and they may have served me before, but I may have outgrown them now. And can I have the courage, kind of like what we were talking about in the beginning, you know, being kind of intensely busy, crazy busy, always busy was such a familiar spot to me and it was such a pattern that I was in that now it's really nice. I was um, advising a friend on her company, actually. And was talking with her and her team. And it just poured out of my mouth. It was like, oh, I've got the time. I was like, you guys let me know. If you want my eyes on this particular campaign or this campaign, like just let me know. And I can remember that there was a point not so many years ago where that wouldn't have been true. It would have been like, let me get out my calendar. Do you know what I mean? That would have created yeah. a, a sense of stress. And now there's such spaciousness. So I feel like everything is figure outable now really helps me kind of peer into the future vision of how I want my life to continue to unfold and helps me rearrange the pieces and have the courage to let go of the past so I can step into a bigger future.
1: Absolutely. I think that's beautiful. I also, it's funny because the whole not being busy thing sounds so great and it's such a great concept, but I don't know about you, but in my life, I felt like Busy is like a badge of honor that people wear almost, especially I think in the United States, our culture is very hustle, hustle, hustle. Yeah. And so I almost get embarrassed sometimes to say that I'm not busy. I think people like to create busyness. Have you felt that that stress as well? And how have you like helped yourself and helped other people combat that? Like, oh, you should actually not be ashamed at not being busy?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this. It's definitely an inner conflict because I can hear and feel and sense the part of me that is still entrenched in the more that you produce Marie, the more valuable you are, right? Like if you're not producing this thing next or this big project or whatever, and I even have it with conversations with friends, be like, Marie, what are you working on? I'm like, you know what? I'm working on my renovation. I've got like 12 projects that are with my team right now that we've been putting off for a long time, not even putting off, there was just other priorities. So there are certain things that kept getting put to the back burner. And so Christy, I have to check myself to not dip into that place where I could feel guilty because I'm not saying, you know, I had another friends going like, well, is the next book coming out? And I'm like, no, it's not because that idea isn't ready yet. And I can feel the pull or the lure of like, Ad marie oh, if you were really going, you would have like five other books out by now. And then the true me, like my higher self, thankfully, steps up and is like, sit down. You are healthier than ever. You're having more fun than ever. You're feeling stronger than ever. Like this is your experience of life that you've been craving for decades. So I think that for many of us, again, I'll raise my hand for this, I don't think that it is something that we can let go of e- super easily. And I think it's you really have to feel into and have a level of faith in how do you want your life to feel on a consistent basis? And are you going to be faithful to all of the ideas society has programmed into you? Or are you going to trust your heart? And for me, I've always learned trusting my heart is like, my heart's the strongest, wisest part of me. This thing gets me in trouble. <laughs> and I'm pointing to my head for Amen. those listening on right? It's like my egoic mind, my personality-based mind, that thing can drive me bonker pains. But my heart and my soul and my intuition, that always leads me not only to peace, but to joy and abundance and love. So I try my best to stay faithful to that.
1: I love that. I love that. Going back to what you said to your best advice, everything is figure outable. Yeah. Has there been a time in your life where you truly and I know you are po- positive and great all the time, but on the no, off I'm not. chance, I'm not. I'm not.
0: I'm definitely not. I'm. You see, positive and great because I'm a professional, right? So that's I'm just, true. That's what I do. So I show up professionally, but I will be also painfully honest. I don't want to interrupt your question, but no, I no, no. Have really shit days. I get have depression at times. Anxiety can feel terribly insecure like all that stuff. So please continue your question. No, but it's, we it's love the
1: transparency. We yeah. really do. Because I mean, to the outside world, I'm sure people look at your social media and they look at you and they're like, oh my gosh, she, what does she know about things being not figure outable? Like she's yes. figured it all out. So the question is, has there been a, one instance that you could tell us in your life where you
0: were pretty positive it was not figure outable? and you oh, yeah.
1: didn't know how to manage it?
0: Well, I'll tell you, there are many. By the way, the first one that comes to mind, I remember this was kind of at my peak workaholism. It was probably um, about six years into my relationship. Josh and I are together. We just celebrated our 20-year anniversary. So, oh, then it was so like, congratulations. Thank you. It was like six or seven years. And man, Christy, I was like going for it, like really, really going for it because I was still at the early stages of my business. So a lot of it was driven by fear, honestly, and 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 such a desire to to make it a success, know it could be, and just have this deep work ethic. And I remember um, Josh and I were having challenges. I was a first-time and only-time stepmom. Our, my stepson was about to leave for college, so it was like a lot happening at one time. We're in this tiny two-room apartment in New York City, so there's like a lot of personalities, there's a lot of intensity, there's a lot of emotion, all in one little space. And I remember Josh saying to me, like, I "Think, I don't think this is going to work. I don't think I love you anymore. And I was just like, do you ever have that moment when there's just a gut punch of some yeah. type of communication where you just feel pulled over? And, you know, I remember sitting there and feeling so utterly sideswiped, even though we were having problems. It was honestly, it came down to the fact of he didn't feel like a priority. He felt like my work and my career was coming first. And in all transparency, based on how much time I was spending, he was right. And so I actually though, so I was devastated. I didn't know what I was gonna do. And then I got like fiery Jersey Marie came out and the part of me that knows everything is figure outable. And I was like, I don't believe you. <laughs> I was like, I think, you know, we been together this long. And look, if you are a hundred percent clear that you don't love me anymore, fine, I will accept that. We will like go our separate ways. I think there's part of you that still love me. I think you're really hurt. I think we're like in this like terrible place and I want to propose that we go to therapy and we give ourselves, do you know what I mean? This amount of time to see if we can repair this. And if not, then I will have at least felt like I gave it my all before Mm -hmm. I said goodbye to the person that I believe and still believe is my soulmate. And so I just remember how hard that was. And I remember calling one of my really dear friends just being like, such a mess, such a mess, like crying so hard and feeling like I was like the the one person that really got me and understood me was slipping through my fingers because I had my priorities messed up. And so that's kind of a little bit of a story around where I wasn't sure yeah. if it was figureoutable, but that belief rose up and gave me the courage to honestly be really ballsy <laughs> and say, yeah. Look, I want you to make a choice right now. If you're really 100% of what you just said, then walk out that door. I will respect it. You know what I mean? I will be an adult about this, but I, I don't believe you. And I'm going to put my heart on my line and say, I want to fight for this. And I think we can't figure it out. And we did.
1: What well, That is a beautiful story. And thank you for sharing that. Also very personal. So I appreciate it. I think a lot of people could take a lot of courage from that and a lot of comfort knowing that in a really deep place, a lot of people probably would have given up and would have been
0: like, Okay, there's not much I can do. Well, my ego wanted to just run, right? Because when the person that you love the most says, like, I don't think I love you anymore. Like, I think we've kind of run our course. I think that this is done. I could feel deep down that kind of very hurt part of me just wanted to flip him the bird and say, whatever, but I'm done, too. Yeah. You you know, like, Mm -hmm. wanted to have that defensive reaction, to be honest, to protect myself. And... Um, I'm really, really grateful. It comes back to that other piece of advice that my heart actually cracked open and got me to speak what was really the truth, which yeah. was that yeah. I really wanted to fight for this and I didn't want to let it go quite so easily and that I was willing to do anything that it took to at least play it out in the healthiest way possible. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. To at least turn over every rock and corner and do whatever that I could do to participate, to see if, if some kind of mending, repairing was possible. And if not, then I would at least walk away with a really clear conscious and not thinking conscience and thinking about like, what if, what if I spoke up? What if I tried to change yeah. my behavior? What if I dug a little deeper or fought a little harder? Because I, I just, I'm a person who doesn't like to live with regret.
1: Absolutely. So, One of my favorite quotes, better an oops than a what if. So, yeah. okay. Another question I like to ask is there a worst piece of advice that you've ever gotten Oh or quote that you just right.
0: do not like? Oh, Oh, you know what? It was the worst for me, but it wasn't okay. the worst for everyone. So I want to just set that context because I believe every single one of us as human beings were so unique and were built so differently. And that is such a beautiful thing. So I remember at the beginning of my career when I just was having so much trouble finding my way. And I'm a person that just goes and reads books, you know, and and tries to look for any type of guidance from anyone who might have some expertise that I just don't, some experience that I don't. And I remember all of the kind of success books that I was reading at the time were talking about how you have to choose one thing to be in life, like the whole secret to having financial success and making an impact and like kind of finding your purpose and really making a mark in the world was choosing one thing getting really good at it and staying so focused on until you become a success. Yeah. And Christy, I tried that advice so bad. It was at the beginning of my coaching career. And when people had asked me, what do you do? And I was like, life coach. First of all, that sounded like the cheesiest thing. I thought it was the cheesiest thing. I was like, you're 23 years old. You haven't even lived life yet. Who the heck is going to hire a 23-year-old life coach? You need to sit down. Like I was saying that to myself. But the bigger part of that was, It gave me this opportunity because I realized every time I tried to say I was just one thing, it felt like I was somehow metaphorically cutting off a limb, like I was making myself fit into this very narrow, narrowly defined box that wasn't fit for me. Yeah, And it was at that time when I got a gift from what I call the career gods, this uh, wonderful little term called multi-passionate entrepreneur. I made it up. I didn't, you know, it was nothing anywhere. It was just, I was bartending in my early days and someone's like, well, what do you do? Are you an actress when you're not bartending? And literally out of my mouth, it's like, I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur. I was like, who said that? And what does that? It, it sounds great. And they were like, what does that mean? And I said, well, I, outside of bartending, I'm also a coach. I write this incredible newsletter. I teach hip hop and dance. Like I started running down the list of all the different areas that I was not only interested in, but also earning real money in. And Christy, so the bad advice was choose one thing, fit yourself into this very little narrow definition, this narrow little box, because it just didn't work for me. I've, I've yeah. found in my career that there are so many people that are multi-passionate like I am, and they just don't fit into society's definition of like, I am an attorney, or I am a doctor, or I am an artist. Like even that feels too kind of narrow for them.
1: Yeah, I love that. I love that because growing up, I feel like I always heard the term like, Jack of all trades, master of none is a bad thing. Like you, it's better to focus in on something than be a little bit good at everything. And I love that you're reinventing that. You can be actually very good at a lot of different things and not have to have a particular expertise. I think that's an incredible message. Yeah. That also feeds in to the next question, which is what advice would you give to someone who is where you were in your career? 10, 15 years ago, who's starting out, who has a lot of these different passions, who's not sure
0: what to do with it. Yeah. Okay. So a couple of things on that. One, this is a big, big mission of mine because I feel like our current educational system for most of us doesn't do a very good job of this. Wherever you are, especially if it was me, you know, 10, 15, even like 20 years ago, I would say pay attention to the money. Start making a financial plan to take care of yourself, even if it's just very, very small steps in terms of keeping an eye on your spending, starting to save. If you've got any debt, clear that out just to start building this beautiful pathway because as you continue to evolve in your career, you're going to take so many different twists and turns. And even if you're not earning a lot right now, I think most of us underestimate the flow that comes in and out of our hands because we're not doing it consciously. And we don't realize that if you start soon, it can snowball into financial freedom before you recognize it. So that's one thing that I would say. And I would say on a more personal level is to really enjoy the journey. And especially for those of us who are multi-passionate, we cannot choose one specific career right now because it's our time to kind of put our fingers in a lot of different places to feel into what's going to be true for us, it's to know that a point of convergence will happen. You may not be able to see it right now, but in your future, there's going to be a moment where all of these incredible skills and talents and experiences you have, they're going to come together in this beautiful point where you look back and go, that's why I was so interested in teaching. This is why I had this obsession with this particular scientific um, research area. This is why I'm so good talking about X, Y, or C. Um, And a lot of us, it feels really panicky before we reach that convergent point because we feel so scattered. But most people I know who are multi-passionate, it winds up happening and it's the most beautiful experience of your life. I do love
1: the emphasis, too, on finances clearly on this podcast on my page it's a lot more emotional it's a lot more like the things that i truly think do matter but the fact is is money matters in our world and it matters in our lives and it can give us freedom and security and so i think it's um kind of it's not productive not to focus on it and i think that was great advice coupled with a more sentimental advice as well
0: yeah it's a practical part of our world as we know it right now and i have a vision where people can engage with their money and it's not about a particular amount but that you can engage with this part of your life with joy and excitement because you feel confident about it and you don't have to have fear you don't have to have shame and you don't have to have guilt and you can actually engage with your money and i also teach people this mantra and it shocks them so just all of your listeners get ready um that I love money. And it's like, I don't love money over my values or over people. But if you think for a second, Christy, about the energy of love, just the energy of love and how healing that force can be, when you put love on, let's say for example, your own body and your health, it is transformative. When you pour more love into any relationship, right? If it's a significant other, if it's with a parent, if it's with a pet, if it's with a child, it doesn't matter. If you pour that pure energy of love in that direction, miracles can happen. And for so long, we haven't given ourselves even the possibility because it's so taboo to pour the energy of love into our financial lives. And for me, I've seen when I've done that, it's changed everything. So many of the limiting beliefs I had from my childhood, so many of the weird conflicts that I just absorbed from our culture and society, so many things that I had trouble with shifted. I gave myself radical permission to actually love money. And in doing so, Freed me up to actually have a loving relationship with every part of my life. It was really cool
1: I love that. That's beautiful what should people be keeping up with what do you want us to,
0: to Go look up to follow let us know yeah, we've got some fun stuff. So, uh, I'm most active over on Instagram. It's at Marie Forleo. Um, if you want the handbook to becoming a creative power force in your life, go pick up everything is figure outable audiobook, regular book, whatever suits your fancy. It's really good. Um, and I think over at marieforleo.com, we've just got all kinds of great things. There's free resources. If you're a business owner and you want more sales, more profits and you want to spend less time working, school, our program is amazing. We've had like 80,000 folks start and grow businesses through that thing. It's a powerhouse. If not wanting to be crazy busy is part of what you're like, you know what? I'm kind of done being burned out. We have a program called Time Genius. You can just Google Marie Forleo Time Genius. You'll check that out. When we open it again, you can come see it, but there's lots of free tools along that. And um, yeah, otherwise, anything else new that's coming out, we'll let you know on the socials or on marieforleo.com.
1: I love it. Well, Marie, you are enigmatic and inspirational and relatable and everything I thought you would be in more. Thank you so much for
0: joining us. Thank you for doing your beautiful work. And thanks so much for having me on your show. I love it, love it, love it.
1: Oh, well, you know, just trying to make the world a better place like you, you know, but thank you so much. Thanks for taking the time. And to all of our listeners, thanks for listening to The Shift.